Continuing with the Haggadah, we're up to the uh, Motzi Matzah. Motzi Matzah is where the actual beginning of the, uh, of the meal, the eating and the performance of the mitzvahs. The main mitzvah of the night of Passover is the mitzvah of Matzah. That's the main mitzvah today, which means the time of the temple, the Beis Hamikdash, They'd also have to eat the Korban Pesach, and they'd also have to eat the Moror. The Moror is sort of contingent on the Korban Pesach. Uh, When we don't have a Korban Pesach, we don't really have a Moror either. Uh, And since we don't have the Korban Pesach, because there's no Beis HaMikdash, there's no Korban, so we don't really have Moror. That is as far as the Torah is concerned. But the rabbis, of course gave us the substitute well, Morer, we do use Morer so that's from the rabbis and we also do the uh, Morer together with the Korach sandwich uh, so now this Motzi Matzah is something which all the family members are obligated to do this uh, so like we know that on every um, every Shabbos and every Yontav we, knew, we need Lecha Mishnah. We need double, double bread. That's why we use two challahs on a regular Shabbos and Yontav. But um, the, um, the uh, two matzahs which we have on our Seder plate, which is the top and the bottom one, they're still whole. Those matzahs have to be whole. The middle one, if you remember, we already broken before, so that's only a partial matzah. So the mitzvah of Lecha Mishnah is the top and the bottom one. Uh, so what happens is not everybody has a Seder plate in front of them. As we learned earlier, by this tradition, the uh, Seder plate is mainly done by the males that are over uh, Bar Mitzvah, are the ones that have their own Seder plate. So the rest of the people, of the family members, they will fulfill their obligation for the Lecha Mishnah through the head of the household, his Lecha Mishnah, so everybody says the Motzi. So, uh, and then what we what we uh, what we should do, therefore, is um, everybody should wash. So th- before the head of the household starts doing the bracha, uh, even though uh, it's brought down that even somebody still washing over there uh, would still count. That would still count as part of the. Um, of the of the of the of the motzi for the whole uh, for uh, for everybody. So let's say uh, during a regular Shabbos and let's say that you're uh, ready to make motzi and somebody is washing over there, he still can fulfill his obligation with the lecha mishnah even though he's not present. But you have everybody present, huh? Has to be able to hear it. Yeah, he hears it, and he's part of it. He's just not, even though he's just washing his hands, he's not having them washed it. He can still fulfill his obligation. But the tradition, as the Rebbe has brought down, is that each one makes their own motzi. So while Kiddush, uh, most of the time when the person makes Kiddush, you have in mind the other people, they fulfill their obligation, so they don't have to make their own Bora Priya Goffin when they're yotze with your Kiddush. I'm talking about a regular Shabbos, so they don't yotze with your blessing, but the it's different by the cup. At Seder night, each cup, we make its own Bora Priya before we drink it, but the um, 
the um, uh, motzi tradition is that each one makes their own motzi. When they eat their bread, they say a motzi lechem in aras, they make their own brachas. And the way we do it is we take the two matzahs with the middle one in between. So when you're making the motzi, you're actually holding all the three matzahs, basically. You're saying a motzi lechem in aras. Now, uh, what you do is you allow for the third matzah, the lower matzah, you allow it to slip out of your hand. So now you are only holding in your hands two matzahs. Now you haven't broken yet any of the matzahs. So you let the bottom one out and you hold your two matzah and then you make the special blessing alachilas matzah. You're making a blessing for the mitzvah that God has commanded us to eat matzah. That fulfillment does not come from the bottom matzah. It only comes from these two top matzahs because as we'll see that we're only going to use the top and the middle matzah and the broken matzah to fulfill our obligation for eating the matzah. And that's why we allow the bottom matzah, the motzi, goes on all the matzahs that we eat. So that's where we make the motzi. That's the Lecha Mishnah, is the bottom and the top. So the motzi, that's why we're holding on to all three of them. But when we finish with the motzi, before we do the blessing, we allow the bottom one to slip out. Now we're only holding on to the two. Now, the uh, blessing that we're going to make, is for eating the matzah. Now, if you notice again, this is just it's, if you realize, you'll see what we're doing over here. The way we do it is first we eat the matzah, then we eat the murr, and then later on we eat the matzah and the murr. Why do we do that? So, without going into the whole entire explanation, because there is a dispute, what else is new? That there is a dispute how we are supposed to do the mitzvahs today. Are we supposed to eat the matzah separately and the murr separately, and that fulfills the mitzvah of eating matzah and murr? Or are we supposed to eat the matzah combined with the murr? Now, either way, we cannot fulfill it and say, well, if I eat the matzah and the murr separately, according to the other view, that's not fulfilled properly the mitzvah. The only way to fulfill properly the mitzvah is to eat the matzah and the murr together. So what we do is we do according to all opinions. So first we're going to do the matzah, then we're going to do the murr, and then they're going to do the matzah and the murr together so we cover all the grounds. According to the opinion, according to the Sec- the, uh, the way we do it when we eat the matzah together with the murr, then that is the way to fulfill God's command or uh, the rabbinic command at least, I mean, but this is a Torah command, to eating the matzah the way to fulfill that command is by eating the matzah together with the murr, that's the way to fulfill it so therefore when you're making originally the blessing alachilas matzah and you're making in the two matzahs you also have to have in mind that with that blessing, you are f- going to also fulfill uh, on the matzah that you're going to use later on because the third matzah, the lowest matzah, is going to be used for the sandwich. So what we're doing now is the first two matzahs, the top matzah and the middle matzah, are used in the first round to fulfill just the mitzvah of matzah. The bottom matzah is going to be used later on to fulfill the mitzvah of korech to fulfill, which is the mitzvah to eat the matzah and the murr together. So 
because we want to make cover all your ground, so when you're making the bracha for the mitzvah of matzah, you're having in mind the matzah that you're going to eat later on in the sandwich, which is going to be the bottom matzah. Yet, we don't want to hold it on because directly right now, I'm going to be making the bracha of matzah on the two matzahs, but you keep in mind the other one. Um, now, generally, this is like one long procedure. One should not interrupt or anything else. Starting from the uh, blessing of Hamotzi through the sandwich, it's like really one long procedure, and they're all together. That's why the bracha of the matzah comes already on the korech also, so therefore it has to be done all consecutively, one after the other, without interruptions. Uh, but right now we're up to the first step. So the first step is we, we're, we're starting to eat the matzah. So we're holding on to the top and the middle matzah, and then what we do is we take the size of an olive of each one of these matzah, and you eat them together, and you eat them while you're leaning. The reason we take from the top and the bottom, again, is because there is a disagreement which is the main matzah that we fulfill the mitzvah of the matzah. Is it the top matzah or is it the middle matzah? So in order for us to cover all opinions, we eat the size of an olive of the top matzah and the size of the matzahs, uh, uh, size and the size of an olive of the middle matzah. Now, it says here that the Rebbe, he would say all these blessings while he was sitting. He would take with both hands the three matzahs and his basically would divide the matzahs by holding them in between the fingers holding the three matzahs and he would make the motzi and then he would allow for the bottom matzah to slip from his hands and he'd make achilles matzah and he would break from them while they were still in the under the cloth in which he which had the matzah were covered uh, he broke them into smaller pieces and he would put them together on top of each other, put them into, uh, uh, with, with both hands, he would have them, and uh, he uh, would not put them in all together, but he would eat them, I guess, slowly. In the Shulchan Aruch, there is a, uh, uh, in Shulchan Aruch, there is a sort of a requirement, if possible, to eat the entire kizayis at once, and you know, to eat both of them at once, you know, it's like a very technically almost an impossibility to do that. But in, in practice, he says, you know, that, that wasn't done. How much is the size of the, an olive? Uh, brings down and talks about in, uh, in here, it, it, the size is 29 gram, he says, which um, uh, that, that includes two grams that one expects goes into the teeth, remains inside the teeth. Uh, that would be approximately one-third of a matzah uh, that we bake, the shmura matzah. What is uh, 29 gram in, uh, in ounces? Uh, 32, uh, about 32 grams per ounce. That's almost an ounce. So just short of an ounce, Miss. Uh, just short of an ounce, almost an ounce of, of, of matzah. Um, so if, but it's got all the other stuff on the top one, right? You got the egg and everything on the top. Uh, Doesn't everything fall all over the place? Mm -hmm. 
So he says, ah, what is that? On the on the top one is the egg and all of the items, right? Yeah. Doesn't it all fall all over the place? Oh. Um, at this at this particular point, yeah. um, the um, I mean again I'm I'm not so sure I'm not sure no good question no good question practically speaking um, it doesn't really affect them maybe if it rolls off a little bit it does yeah, I mean it doesn't really yeah, affect stuff because it's yeah but yeah. you're living it you have basically you have a cloth underneath it and it's you're like you're working you're you're underneath the matzah the matzah the yeah yeah. Uh, the, um, so he, he says that um, there is um, there is leniencies as far as the size of the size of an olive because of the different way. So in other words, in the most lenient way, he says uh, it is going to be like nine grams, one tenth of a matzah, in the most lenient opinion. Um, now it depends. It depends which ones were. Uh, the first matzah is from the Torah, so then we want to be the most stringent. So we want to get it the full shear. But if you have later on, or a person can't eat that much, you can, you know, bedoichik uh, rely on a smaller, on smaller shear and smaller measurements. Um, now what happens is um, the the. Um, the issue really is, if you have a large family, or even not such a large family, uh, you only have a half a matzah, or less than a half a matzah, because remember when we broke the middle matzah, we actually, um, we actually, um, what did we do when we broke the middle matzah? We left the bigger one we took for the afikoman, and the smaller one we left in there, yeah? 28 grams, 28.34 grams per, per ounce, but there are two types of uh, um, ounces. There's Troy and there's <laughs> and the, other one, the one that we use. What the one we use? I, I think this must be the Troy. I assume it's like 31, but it's, it's, around, it's around 30. We say how many grams for an ounce? 30 grams? 28.20. All right, this is around an ounce. Okay, about an ounce. One ounce. Okay. No, but um, so the, the, the issue is even for the person who has the approximately about a third of a matzah uh, for you're not going to have enough to give everybody from that matzah so you're going to have to use otherwise so uh, so what you do is basically um, you um, give uh, the people uh, some a little bit of your matzah um, a little bit of the matzah you give out to the uh, to the family members, uh, but they, you know, they take use other matzahs. I mean, perhaps people should have in the bag prepared or in the box, whatever it is, that they have already their own matzahs, and as a participation from the correct matzahs, you will give them. Uh, uh, so before uh, before you wash, basically, to give out to everybody. Uh, the amount of two zaisim, two olives of matzah, uh, for every family member, and then uh, when you make the bracha, they eat their kizaisim, their kizaisim, um, and then he says that um, after the, the he makes the bracha, they themselves take from the upper matzah as participation of the lechem mishnah. Okay, we'll go further. Uh, 
the time, you can't eat it for a very long time. It has to be eaten within four minutes. That's the Achilles Pras. Within four minutes, you have to eat that size. Uh, uh, that's the way to do it. Um, but also, on the other hand, one shouldn't eat it like a glutton, just eat the matashis. Be uh, in a normal way. I mean, longer than that is considered an interruption if you eat it more than four minutes. But eating it too fast either was not, is not considered a chilizgasa, which would not be um, proper. Then we go after we're done with the uh, with the matzah. Then we go over to the murder. Now the murder, um, we um, soften some of the uh, the charosis we have on our plate. We had the charosis, and we place it in the um, little plate that we have um, under the cup. So there is some wine over there, and you dip some of the murder in the charosis. And uh, and then you sort of you don't want to really keep the so um, yeah so he says like this that um, you, again how how exactly if you put uh, uh, you put the um, I don't know the, exactly the charosis. I mean, you don't want to keep the charosis on your uh, there on the uh, top if you don't have any place. It's going to soak through the matzah. So um, again, I'm thinking that you put the charosis inside that plate, and then you dip a little bit of the mor the of the mortar inside of the charosis. But you don't want to keep the charosis on your murder so not to take away from the bitterness of the murder. So then you actually shake off the charosis not to take away from the bitterness. And then you make, yeah? The liquid is on the matzah. No, that's the thing. That's the whole thing. We don't want the liquid. So, so, yeah, no, but what, that's what I'm saying is, so it says here that earlier we also learned that the Rebbe would uh, yeah, use the wine the from the underneath uh, to, to soften to put the red. Okay, the liquid apple doesn't really matter because it it's not water. But in the wine, they do mix in a little water. I'm not sure if the wine is 100% pure wine. There is a little bit of water in there in the wine. So I think that would be a little bit more problematic than just the apple itself because the apple doesn't have any mixture in there. But in either event, um, it, it says that. Uh, that you, you soften it with the wine that's in it. How do you soften it with the wine? It doesn't mean that you're going to put the wine onto the charosis. It means that the other way around. The charosis will be put into the plate. That's the way to do it. And then apparently while the charosis is in the plate, you will take the mortar and dip it into the charosis, and then you will shake it off. And then somehow later on you get rid of the charosis that's under the plate where your cup is. And... Um, I guess you know that you're not using. You're not going to use that cup of wine o- until the end uh, when you take when you're going to bench. So uh, whatever it is, that's fine. The charosis can be in that plate, and you make the bracha lachilas mora for eating the mora, which would also include the mora that you're going to eat later on when you're going to make the sandwich. As I said, after eating the matzah separately, the mora separately, you're going to also eat the matzah and the mora together. And we already said that we made the bracha lachilas matzah earlier, which you had in mind the sandwich, and now. You're going to have in mind the more that you're going to eat in the sandwich, and 
you should really uh, chew it well so you should feel the bitterness. Um, you shouldn't just uh, sort of uh, swallow it without feeling the bitterness. And um, the combination of the uh, moror and the uh, and the romaine lettuce can be used to make up one the size of an of an olive, the size of an olive. Because we need, we said before, we use both. We use the um, we use the uh, uh, romaine lettuce and the chrein for both. Um, in this case, I guess you're going to take. Um, um, you're going to take from the plate that the, 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 the first, the top, the middle one, the, the one that's called the murder, and you're going to use that for your sandwich, but that's not going to be enough usually, so you're going to have to add outside that to take a little more, and same thing goes for the family members. Uh, I'm not sure um, whether um, you should give to everybody of the family a little bit from your plate, or they just have regular murder. I mean, they don't doesn't say here one way or the other to, you know, give, but you, people would just take the regular murder and um, the Rebbe actually would eat in addition also the uh, part of the of, of, uh, of, the, of the horseradish itself, it's not without being grinded and uh, uh, he ate a, a quite a large, quite a large shear, a large amount of that uh, so, but the Rebbe clearly instructed in the name of the previous Rebbe uh, that you cannot fulfill your obligation if it's so sharp that you can't tolerate it. Only if it goes beyond what you can tolerate, then you're not fulfilling the obligation because it has to be bitter but not beyond that level of tolerating. Um, and the Kazai's murder, he says, is 17 gram, he says, which is. What is that? That will turn out to be about a half an ounce. No, about a half, uh, a little, yeah, a little more than, yeah, a little more than a half an ounce of, 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 of murder. Um, he says the Rebbe, um, Not sure what he's uh, saying over here. He's saying over here that the Rebbe took the amount, the size of a, of an egg. I'm not, I'm not sure. And he says here also that he did not eat the uh, um, the uh, the, um, the leaves of the lettuce. I'm not sure exactly what he says here. Spine, maybe the spine of the lettuce. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm not sure why he says that. Um, it's more I mean, bitter, I think, in the spine than it is in the I'm not sure what it means, but he, he did eat, maybe not the spine. I'm not sure what the calcium means, the spine, but he did eat the, um, the, yeah, the, well, the lettuce. If it was looking something bitter, it would be the white pot. Uh huh. Maybe I'm not sure exactly. But don't you have to roll them or roar in it? Yeah. Well, that's what we do. Is together, in a combined way. If you get the big leaf pot, you could put it in the middle and then bend the spine too. You know, don't think of the small leaf as the big leaf. It seems like the the spine of them he didn't need. You know, the, yeah. On a big leaf. Yeah. Cut off the green. Yeah. And you could just bend it over. Yeah. Yeah. 
So maybe because um, so it looks like the spies he didn't eat. That's what it looks like. Um, now he talks about Korach. So he says Korach again. You take from the bottom matzah and you take a uh, size of an olive of mortar again from the both types combined chrein with uh, uh, with 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 lettuce. And over here you would place a little dry mortar. Uh, a dry charosis, not that you have, uh, because you're eating it with matzah, so you don't want to make it wet. So you took a dry mortar uh, on, the, on the mortar, and then you would shake it off as soon. Uh, so um, he says here that the. It says here that the Rebbe uh, put the charosis. On the radish, on the horseradish, not on the uh, not on the leaves. Um, the you know the whole reason you know why we use charosis in the first place. The original the reason developed later on, but originally the uh, radish, the horseradish, had like a a, a dangerous uh, worm in it or something. That's why they used to dip it in the charosis to sort of take away from that kappa, it's called the kappa, it's called or something, that's in the halacha, and that's why they started. Later on, it also developed into, because it's mortar, it looks like the slavery and things like that, but the, but originally it came from the, um, from this, from this idea of, uh, um, so here it says that the charosis would be on the, on the, um, on the, on the crane, but whatever. And the end of, uh, Korach, um, he says the when the Rebbe would eat, I guess that whole piece again. He would eat the, so that he would dip that into charosis itself, uh, and um, he ate it while it was wrapped around with the uh, lettuce. Um, and over there, he did not shake it off because uh, it wasn't, I guess. I'm not sure it wasn't with the matzah, but I mean, we're not talking, we're talking about dry. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, anyways, whatever exactly uh, the Rebbe did over here, but the pray uh, we say a special uh, passage would say this is the way Hillel would do it, and you eat it together while you were leaning. I, I failed to mention earlier, the moror we don't eat while we're leaning. The moror we just eat uh, regularly. And then... And then we have the Shulchan Orech, the regular meal, following, once we did, went through these motions, then we go for the meal. Now, I'm not sure what other people's tradition is, but in our tradition is the meal we don't eat while we're leaning. The meal we eat uh, regularly uh, in a normal way. Um, and uh, we begin by eating the egg that was on the plate. That's uh, where we begin. And um, the, uh, he says, uh, now there is, you know, that when you... When you use eggs, you know, you uh, usually you check them for blood spots, but not when there's a hard egg. You don't have to do that. It says that the Rebbe did not check, did not open the egg. Some people, even a hard egg, will open up and look at the yolk. You know, if, it's, if there's a blood spot, it transfers to the white side of the inside of the egg. Uh, and the Rebbe would dip his egg three times in salt water. Uh, and uh, actually, um, the way we do it, uh, we we actually mash the egg into the salt water and have like a little a little soup. We eat it like with a with a spoon. Yeah, into the salt water. Yeah. Different. 
Over here he says that the Rebbe would dip during the meal three times in salt, but um, notwithstanding the fact that it says that on it says that the Rebbe would dip in the by us usually it says that on, on Pesach we don't dip the salt the, the, the matzah into the salt, but rather we have the salt put on the matzah because you don't want any of the crumbs to go into the salt, and then later on you're going to use the salt to salt your soup. So you might get some little crumbs into your soup from the matzah. But here it says, here it says that the um, that the Rebbe would uh, dip during the meal. The Rebbe would dip uh, the um, the matzah three times. Okay, let's just go finish up over here. Um, uh, then. Um, then what we also when we do the um, um, when people you know wash their hands sometimes you know in between uh, fish and meat you know you have to rinse your mouth or you also have to wash your hands and the same thing at the end of the meal before you bench you know you do the Mayim Machronim um, so normally uh, we would take it and then we'd also over the mustache, over your lips, you would do it, but not on Pesach, uh, seven days of Pesach, because of uh, just in case there is um, you know liquid over here and uh, and uh, I mean there is uh, matzah stuck or something, and you don't want to have the water go onto the matzah over there, so we don't do it on the seven days of Pesach. You don't pass it uh, that way. Um, the also he says you don't do a lachaim on the Seder because that way it'll look like you're adding to the cups. You wanna keep it to you wanna keep it to four cups so you don't wanna do any extras. Uh, uh, I get you don't you know you don't make you don't say Lachaim but you know you can drink you can drink wine or whatever it is, but to say Lachaim almost would sound like adding to the cups. Um, the uh, the Rebbe would drink, you know, during the meal from his cup, it says here. And uh, before uh, pouring his third cup, he would have them rinse it out again. Um, and as he would always do before he would uh, use his cup, he would wipe it with a napkin, the inside and the outside. That's the requirement for Bracha. You always have to wipe. That's what the Rebbe would do. And then you, of course, we have the Afikoman. Um, and um, no. No, I mean, I'm not sure what happened before, but not then, not then and there. Um, you know, after the Afikoman, we don't eat or drink after that, so one should, of course, make sure that he's fully, I mean, hungry, I don't think anybody's hungry after by the time, but thirsty you might be, so make sure to drink before the Afikoman. And at the end of the meal, um, you, when you're done, you take the Afikoman, and you distribute it to the family member for each one a kizais. Now that will be kind of tough to give again from the from the afikoman, but you add to it from other matzah. You add to it. Um, it's best to eat the size of two olives. One would be to remember the korban pesach. Uh, that's the afikoman remembers the pesach, and one uh, to the matzah that was eaten with it. So it's better to eat the size of two olives of matzah. And you should eat it all in one place, and you do it uh, while leaning. And 
one should eat it, complete eating it by midnight. Uh, that's at least, that is by the first night. It says that the first night we were particular to make sure to eat afikomen at midnight. So over here it's about one o'clock. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what midnight is, but it's around one o'clock versus um, the, um, the, um, um, exactly a few minutes uh, before, but once you, once you're in the second night, it says that people are not as careful to finish by uh, midnight. So when anybody uh, tries to brag what time they finish the seder, I mean technically the afikoma um, needs to be finished by midnight. You know, uh, at least the first night. Um, you have to start later the second night, right? Well, you have to start both nights. You have to start after tzitzchavim because that's when this man is. Um, now, what happens is like this. Then we have the cup of Elijah. Now, the cup of Elijah, we're going to deal with We'll deal with it after the end of the meal. But uh, the way uh, they did it by the Rebbe, he would pour the cup of Elijah of Elio before they did the benching. And, uh, and only afterwards, the Rebbe poured his third cup. Um, the uh, Elio, one of his cup was a glass cup. And uh, the Rebbe would inspect it, making sure that it's smooth, doesn't have any blemishes, that the cup is, is good. Um, and the one who would read, lead the Agoda, he would make the, he would bench. I mean, usually in the presence of the Rebbe, uh, the Rebbe would lead the benching. He would do the, uh, but in this case, the one who read, who led the Agoda, he would lead the benching. And um, you hold the cup in our tradition up to the end of Bona Yerushalayim. You hold the hand, the cup in your hand. Uh, after the benching, you do the Shvei Chamoscha, uh, which is after drinking the third cup. You finish the benching, you drink the, first, the third cup, you make the Bar Pragov, you drink the third cup, and then you pour the fourth cup, and then you take a candles that are light, that are still lit, and you go and you open up all the doors from the place where you're doing the Seder all the way to the public or the courtyard, wherever it is, make all the doors open up. And then you say, while sitting, you don't have to stand. Uh, all the people that are do it while they're in place, it's only those agents, those who go to open the door with the candles, they say it over there by the door, but everybody else stays by the table. And it's considered to be a very auspicious time, the time that you open up the door. And uh, one should ask for spiritual well-being during that time particularly. And then um, you do the last two parts, the Halal Nirza, which um, uh, when they go back, um, you know, you wait, you don't start the... Uh, next part of the Haggadah without having those people that want to open the door. You know, wait, make sure they come back first. And then uh, you begin Lo'ilonu, which is the beginning of, of Halil, the second part of Halil. And um, he says, we're not particular to say the Halil before midnight, um, even though the Afikoman, we wanted it before midnight, but Halil is okay to say it afterwards, even though there is the opinion when they originally that the Jews left were before midnight, so in the Mishnah it says that you have to say it before. Um, the, um, 
people, sometimes there are people, guests that come after the meal and they're not, uh, they weren't part of the meal, they would still respond, like we do uh, when we do the halal over here in the shul, which the people respond as the halal. And um, also you have in the words over there, um, Kilalum Chazda, it has uh, the meaning uh, in the Kabbalah, in the name of Hashem over there. It's uh, in the Siddur, if you took a look, it has the uh, letters. Um, okay, now. Uh, I have a comment? Yes. From uh, Rabbi Huber yesterday. Yeah. He's mentioning that in Hollow, he describes um, going into the water, that uh, the verb is feminine. And he's tracing that back to um, to Tamar having the to to reveal um, how she was pregnant, and that is passed down the lineage to try to for David, and that, uh, that that's where uh, the guy had the, the the courage to step into the water. Yeah. Uh, from the tribe of Yehuda, come back and turn. Very, very good. Um, okay, so let's just finish up over here. Um, now, Lishana Habo, over here, um, there is already, we're not particular to say, you know, before we said that the first one, we say Lishana, you know, Lishana Habo, and then Lishana Habo, you know, which way. Over here, we don't care as long as how long it will be in your shalim, let it be from the top and the bottom, either way. And uh, what's the difference between the two ways? Oh, there is a yeah. There is a we, we learned earlier that there's a difference because uh, the one goes already. He has come like haba, like by uh, and but here it doesn't matter. Um, over here, uh, after we say shalabab yerushalayim, the the rebbe would pour the cup from Eliyahu and Avi's cup. He would pour it back into the. To his own cup, uh, and from, uh, and then a little from the from the bottle into his cup, and then into the bottle several times. You know exactly what he what he did it that way, and um, then uh, we don't say in in, in Chabad we don't say Chasal Seder Pesach. That means the Seder Pesach is over because Seder Pesach never ends. and um, there was a tradition by the Rebbe on the second night of Pesach um, that, that, that the Rebbe would come down, it just said the Rebbe would come down to uh, give interpretation of the Haggadah after that. Uh, and um, and the generally, uh, you know, the Rebbe encouraged public seders to try to... Uh, Give as many people opportunity to say there. I just wanted to go through here the um, the general uh, order of the seder without going into interpretation. We'll have more time. We're going to get into a little bit of interpretation. Just wanted to go through how it's done. Now, uh, one of the interesting things is just to remember when we say at the end we say Lishana Haba Birushalayim, which means next year in Jerusalem. And some people ask the question, uh, why would we want to wait till next year to go to Jerusalem? Don't we want to go to Jerusalem? We don't want to wait till next year. So the previous Rebbe explained, when we see next year in Jerusalem, it means that our celebration will be in Jerusalem. 
it's not that we're going to go next year to Jerusalem. We're going to go to Jerusalem immediately. That's our prayer. So that our celebration will take place in Jerusalem. So the Shona Haba Yerushalayim means our next year's celebration will be in Jerusalem because we'll go out uh, even more than before that. And something which is also very important with the uh, Pesach Seder is that on Pesach we actually are supposed to play the role. I mean, most of the time we say we, we look... Um, you know, we don't want to act. We want to, you know, we want to be real, basically. You know, we say, uh, like we say in our prayers, you know, uh, purify our hearts to serve you with truth so that we can be truthful about our service to Hashem. We don't want to just play the role. We don't want to just act. We don't want to just pretend. We want to do. We want to really be the right things. But on Pesach, the emphasis is on playing the role. You know, we do all the things uh, just to show, just to make a display and you know the better we act I guess the more we can feel but the truth of the matter is that sometimes um, the only way we can really get to feel it is when we uh, when we play the role so sometimes uh, from the outside goes to the inside versus from the inside to the outside sometimes if we're going to wait to be perfect on the inside uh, we'll never get to the point of the outside so we got to and, and that's important, I think, in general nowadays, that it's most important is to try to do as much mitzvahs, whatever you can, not to worry about so much how, uh, you know, how honest am I with myself or how truthful, how real I am. Just do the mitzvahs, do the best you can, and try to increase in, 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 uh, the model as much as you can. And then eventually you will be, uh, you know, also... Your heart will go to, uh, as uh, the Rambam writes, that the person's heart is drawn after his actions. So when your actions are proper, uh, then uh, then also your heart's proper. And also to remember that um, a lot of things in the Seder that we do uh, seem to be sort of, uh, you know, just like maybe tradition or don't have real good reasoning for it or they're just trivial, they're not important. And, you know, to my real, right away is right at the beginning that God, that the Rebbe brings him down, that we have to realize that all these things that we do, that the Seder are really very much uh, grounded in very strong reasoning, and there's very good explanation. We may not always be, may not be aware of all the reasoning, but there are a lot, a lot of reasoning, and there's a lot, a lot to do. But it's also a time that, you know, the people, you know, give interpretations, they... Uh, give insight to learn and and as we say the one who increases to talk about the exodus of Egypt and uh, is, is, is praiseworthy and even great rabbis or people that know the whole Torah and they know it all they too are obligated to spend the time on, on, on teaching and learning and and commemorating this this event that's the mitzvah of the night of the Seder so that's that's what we were supposed to do you want to say something yeah, you, you remind me of the story. Who told you? Eliyahu 